Welcome to the Doc Lounge Podcast, Crazy Cases Series. In this series, we will explore some of the most unusual and interesting cases medicine has ever seen. We will speak with providers of all specialties from all over the nation. We will hear firsthand accounts from symptoms to treatments to cures. So sit back, relax, and let's explore some crazy cases. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Crazy Cases series. Today, I'm actually in the studio without my usual Pacific Company's counterparts. But however, don't fret. I do have a co-host. It is my huge grizzly bear of a dog, my 100-pound silver Labrador, Rio. Um, But Rio just informed me that he would rather listen today, so I will be doing uh, most of the talking. But Rio and I had a very special guest on the podcast today. It was PM&R physician, Dr. Z Taib. Dr. Taib shared with me two different cases, but the unique thing about these cases was there was a common denominator when it came to the diagnosis. Um, It's hard to explain beforehand without giving uh, too much away. So hang on briefly after this quick disclaimer, and we'll get right into our Crazy Cases episode with Dr. Z Taib. And just a quick reminder, every episode of Crazy Cases is HIPAA compliant. All names have been changed and all personal patient information will remain private. So that being said, let's get started. All right, well, we're here with Dr. Z Taib. Dr. Taib, thank you so much for coming back on the Doc Lounge podcast with us today. Thank you, thank you for having me. Of course, and today you're gonna share with us a crazy case. Is that right? That is correct. I've got actually a couple of them, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. So let's start with the first one. Uh, take us to the beginning. What, um, how did the patient present themselves to you, and what were the symptoms? Got it. All right. So uh, my first one was uh, an actually a 28-year-old male uh, who presented to me uh, for low back and, and some leg pain. And the key point here was that he was uh, 28 years old. So he came in, uh, we worked him up, normal history, physical, got some uh, images, got an x-ray, MRI, and he had a uh, little bit of a disc protrusion at L5 and S1. And so you you think, okay, this has been going on now for about the last six months or so, and and he was just complaining of, you know, this pain, just limiting him. He, could, he couldn't bend forward, you know, very well. And he just felt like, uh, you know, just very tired all the time. Mm-hmm. So we set him up for a, uh, again, I'm a physical medicine and rehabilitation and a pain physician. So after doing some of the conservative therapies, which included uh, physical therapy, chiropractic, massage, and so on, he went on and had a couple epidural steroid injections at L5-S1. Uh, we took a specific approach, a transforaminal approach to try to get the medication to the area of the pathology in a more effective or efficient manner. Uh, he did one procedure and essentially came back and said he might have gotten maybe 10% improvement. Ooh. So I was thinking, hmm, this, is a, this should have been a slam dunk case. And he just wasn't, and he, you know, he should have gotten a lot more from it. He's so young that he should have been naive to getting steroids and should have just had a fabulous response. And mm-hmm. there was nothing else that was showing up on that MRI or x-ray to say otherwise. And so 
I said, okay, well, let's actually, you know, sit down. And the reason I guess this case actually became crazy is because it's amazing what you can actually get when you actually kind of sit down and you do a little bit of uh, in-depth work. So on this gentleman, he was complaining of being tired, right? He was complaining of being tired and fatigued and, and, and so on, just kind of stressed with, you know, with work and, and, and whatnot. So we got some blood work on him, and uh, at that time, I had really started kind of getting into, you know, regenerative medicine where we do nutritional, hormonal, uh, maybe looking into peptides, uh, laser treatments, but just different forms of optimization. So we had a, uh, a panel of blood work done, which included getting, uh, like, his testosterone levels checked, his thyroid levels checked, and some other uh, micronutrients. So it shows up that he actually has an extremely low, do uh, low amount of testosterone in his system for being 28 years old. He had the equivalent of maybe a 60 or 70 year old man. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so it's just kind of going back to, you know, some fundamentals here. It's like, okay, testosterone is, is a type of hormone that if you don't have that as a male, it could lead to, you know, mood disorders, sleep disorders, you could have pain, it could lead to a myriad of symptoms, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I said, okay, look, this is, you know, so I sat down, I explained to him, I was like, your levels here are exactly what I had to aforementioned. You know, they're extremely low. Uh, this is in the equivalent of a 60, maybe 70 year old male, we should probably get this looked at and get you on some type of a, a, a treatment program. And with me not being an expert at that time uh, in this regard, I got him sent over to a physician who uh, has mentored me in a lot of this over the years. And uh, we got him, this gentleman going on some form of testosterone therapy at 28 years old, okay, which some people could argue like, oh, is this the right thing to do and so on. Mm -hmm. Well, regardless, we did get him going on it. And we waited for about four to six weeks before we repeated uh, the, the epidural steroid injection. Okay. So the, the young man comes back. He's been on the testosterone therapy for about four weeks. He does this uh, second injection. Then he follows back up with me in clinic again uh, a couple weeks later. And on his, on his paper, on his intake form, he has that he's 90% better. So I look at him and, and he looks energy. He looks, uh, he looks like he has got a lot of energy. He's happy. Uh, and he's like, I said, hey, it looks like this injection uh, did fantastic. And he's like, Doc, I don't know if your injection really did anything at all. I'm not saying that, you know, you, you, what you did was good or bad or anything of that sort. Uh, but the treatment you have me on outside of this has just changed my life completely. Oh, wow. you know, I feel like I don't have, you know, like I've got my energy back. My back pain is gone. And uh, I, I can tell like there is something still back there. Uh, but I, it's, it's not it's not affecting my day anymore. So my take home on this one was that, okay, even if it's a young person and uh, even if it looks like it's a, a clear-cut slam dunk case, it may not be, right? And this, this uh, young man had a, a significant testosterone deficiency and that was pretty much what, in a sense, uh, kind of changed uh, changed or, or turned things around for him and kind of changed him for the better, uh, you know, going forward for him in the future. Mm -hmm. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, I guess the other lesson to also take home from this is that, uh, you know, with all the toxins and things like that that we're exposed to in a, in a given day uh, from, you know, 
again, the air that we breathe, the water that we drink, and the soil that we get our foods from, and all the processed foods, and the ionizing radiation, and all these other things, you know, we're, we're running into, you know, and people talk about all these other epidemics, but there is definitely a, like, a testosterone epidemic that's taking place where a lot of males are just not at the levels that they used to be, and it affects many facets of their lives. And so this was a, a good classical case for that. So is there actual definitive research on what's causing low testosterone? It's some of those things that I mentioned, you know, yeah. all those, those things that you kind of take in when your body is trying to, you know, fight off all of these other toxins. Okay. Uh, you know, the, so the testosterone is just one, it's just one hormone. Uh, but the body uses a, a cholesterol or, uh, and like saturated fat to convert into different hormones that the body needs. And if it's converting into other hormones that it needs, like cortisol for like stress response and, uh, and, and just other hormones that the body may need, then uh, you're not going to have as much left over to make the testosterone. Will this treatment help his body start making testosterone on its own? Or will he have to be on this treatment forever to stay regulated? He likely will be on... So I didn't follow up with this gentleman. Uh, this was this was actually from some time ago, mm-hmm. um, and so there are different options. Uh, so I can't comment specifically on on this gentleman, but um, usually once you're on it, you're going to be on it, and it's it's a uh, you know. And when you kind of think about it from a, from a treatment standpoint, it's not like some other medication, right? It's not like some you know man-made up pharmaceutical type thing. Mm-hmm. Right, it's a it's a natural hormone that exists, and you know we're, we were trying to use bioidentical hormone replacement, um, and so it's just something that the individual needed, and uh, it, you know, and, and so in in basically treating him with the piece uh, that he was missing, you know, we were able to not I wouldn't even call it augment, but we were able to actually you know kind of treat the underlying cause in this case. Yeah, and I think this is a really interesting case to have on our crazy cases. It might not necessarily be the most crazy per se, but for our physician listeners to just think of the testosterone testing as another means of diagnosis when they have patients presenting these symptoms, because this might not have been something that they were thinking about testing first and foremost. Yes. The endocrine system really dictates how every other system in the body works. And so I think it behooves you know, all of us as practitioners in whatever field we are to kind of get to get a gauge as to where, you know, people's hormones are. Because if you're going to, you know, if you're dealing with a mood disorder, a sleep disorder, a pain disorder, uh, even an infe- you know, infectious disorder, whatever it may be, Right. Aside from something that's acute where, you, you know, you've had to go to the emergency room or, you know, you, you broke a leg, you broke an arm or something like that. You know, uh, I think it really does behoove us all as practitioners to you know, seriously look at, you know, what are we made of? Right. So, the, you know, looking at people's blood work just kind of gives you a little bit of a litmus test or a way of looking into a person to kind of see what they're made of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Start within and then go out outward. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, that was fascinating. Let's uh, go to the other one. Same question. Um, how did the patient uh, present themselves to you and what were the symptoms? All right. And so I'm going I'm to jump a little ahead on this one. Um, so this, uh, this next one is kind of the other extreme. Okay. So this one was a, a 70-year-old male 
with uh, low back pain, uh, degenerative disc disease, spinal stenosis, with some symptoms of claudication, so some difficulty walking um, in an upright position and so on. He also had a pertinent past medical history with some coronary artery disease, uh, dyslipidemia, hypertension, and obesity. So the only thing he didn't have was he wasn't considered diabetic. Uh, so this gentleman comes in to me. Um, you know, he's a very high-functioning individual. Uh, he's a CFO for, you know, multiple, you know, companies, does a lot of, you know, like finance work for, um, you know, a lot of these, you know, bigger companies and things like that. So he's got high levels of stress. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, had, he had presented initially with some low back pain, right, uh, as I had aforementioned. And so uh, and he came in thinking, okay, hey, maybe you can work on my back, fix my back. We got x-rays. We got an MRI. His uh, x-ray, you know, pretty much showed all the, the, you know, moderate to severe degenerative disc disease. And he had spinal stenosis, uh, different le- or different types of spinal stenosis, central canal stenosis, foraminal stenosis at L4-5 that was considered moderate to severe. So I was like, wow, yeah. So looking at the x-rays, looking at the MRI, I guess a lot of whatever he's talking about does make sense. You know, this, this, this poor man is struggling. Let's get him going on some type of a treatment regimen, uh, start him off with some of the conservatives, including physical therapy and so on, and then, you know, we'll probably set him up for some, you know, diagnostic and therapeutic uh, injections. So, um, but just like everybody else, you know, I, I do blood work and things like that. Right. Um, and so I, you know, I got blood work on this individual. Now, again, I, I mentioned that he was a busy individual, and so he didn't come in for his follow-up appointments uh, for the next month or so. Found out that he was hospitalized. He was hospitalized because he had had a heart attack. Oh, man. Yeah, so he had a heart attack, and um, you know his ejection fraction had dropped down by like over 50%. So he was, I think, running on a, I would say like a 25, 30% ejection fraction. And uh, he was gonna have to go through cardiac rehab. His doc, uh, his doctors, like his cardiologist and primary care were you know, very concerned and they're like, look, you're gonna have to slow down. You know, you're not taking care of yourself. You're not gonna last much longer, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, he gets out of the hospital a few weeks, few weeks later after uh, some of his acute issues were, uh, in a sense, uh, at least stabilized from that standpoint, from a medical, a medical stability standpoint, he can't, comes in and he circles back around with me about his back pain. So he's like, you know, he's like, Doc, I really need to, uh, I've been told I need to start exercising, but the more I get up and I start moving on the, on the treadmill or, uh, you know, on the elliptical or, or the different types of exercises they're having me do, you know, I'm, I'm getting short of breath, and my back just really hurts, and, and then my legs start giving out on me. So I said, okay, well, uh, we, can, we can definitely consider, uh, you know, surgical consults. We get him, you know, set over to go and see, you know, a surgeon. Surgeon says, well, you're kind of like a ticking time bomb. I'm not really going to touch you at this point, <laughs> okay? Hmm. So he comes back to me again, and I said, okay, well, you, you know, I guess you're out of that phase, you know, of having had, you know, something acute, but, you know, doing epidural injections and things like that for, you know, your condition – again, may not be necessarily the best or, you know, your chances of improvement are kind of just like a, it's a coin toss and, you know, it's like 50-50. So he's like, well, I'll do, you know, whatever, whatever you say. Now, before we embarked on actually setting up injections, uh, he said, hey, doc, you had done this blood work on me before. Uh, what did that blood work show? 
So I go through and, you know, he's, I did say, you know, he's like 65, 70 years old. And so, you know, we talked about his blood work and he had just, I mean, he had a gamut of problems on there, you know, all the way from glucose control to, uh, you know, bad lipids, you know, miss, just missing a lot of different things. Uh, but as in the first case, this gentleman had uh, an extremely low testosterone level, okay? Mm-hmm. So he was, uh, and like I said, you know, between 65 and 70, I mean, you could already be fairly low by then. Uh, not to say that that's normal, but he was in double digits. I believe he was like in the 60s or 70s, right? Which predisposes you to all of that previously aforementioned history that I gave you. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I said, okay, look, you know, you're, uh, this is old blood work. We're going to have to get some new blood work because, you know, you just had all the, you know, all the, you just went through a whole bunch of things. So we've got to make sure that, you know, we're looking at this correctly. Um, and the other blood work did come back and it pretty much was, you know, on, on par with what we had seen before. So I said, look, if you really want to try to change things around, we can do this very cautiously, carefully. We can work in, uh, in, in conjunction, you know, like with your cardiologist and your cardiac rehab program. Uh, you know, uh, the, the world needs you. You've got to take care of a lot of people's money. So let's, uh, let's, let's see if we can kind of turn things around for you. And in parallel, you know, we'll maybe do this whole little 50-50 shot and see if we can get your, uh, you know, your leg symptoms a little bit better here. Okay. Can't guarantee you anything for your low back, but maybe we can get some of those leg symptoms a little bit better. So he, uh, so he starts off, we, we get him going, you know, long story short here, we get him going on some testosterone therapy amidst some other, uh, other supplementation. And, um, and we do set him up for a procedure. Um, he did, he did come in, he got one procedure. It gave him maybe like a few weeks of some, you know, decent relief uh, he did not actually come back for his second one, uh, which he was told to do. Uh, and in terms of uh, being on the testosterone therapy, when he came back and followed up with me in that regard in about four to six weeks, he was feeling better, feeling stronger, came back and said, uh, my cardiac rehab program had no clue why all of a sudden I just started getting better. He had his uh, echocardiogram done to show that his ejection fraction had gone back up to uh, like 70% or something to that effect. He was, uh, we had also got him on some thyroid supplementation, I think, as well at that point. And so he was, he was moving in the right direction. In fact, a lot of his blood panels started to improve. He, um, and then after being on the, the treatment for about three months, he had lost, I want to say, about... 30 pounds, about mm-hmm. 25 to 35 pounds, was moving better, was thinking better, was able to get taxes done, uh, you know, during tax season uh, for all those people. And, um, and his <laughs> low back and leg symptoms were significantly better, even after having only done one injection, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, his whole quality of life was better. And he said the only thing that he needed uh, more in his life was just to have a woman because he didn't know what to do with that extra energy. <laughs> so, so we, this was like another success story. And, um, you know, this, this was a guy that, you know, he's already giving back to a lot of the community and the society to all these other businesses and things like that. He just wasn't taking care of himself. And when you get into those positions, you know, one of the key, you know, key take home points from this one is that, you know, uh, as, as physicians, we should also look at 
trying to encourage people and, and, and really try to push people on, on follow-up because his non-compliance wasn't because he was just completely negligent. He just, you know, had a hard time giving himself uh, or giving his body the right that it needed. And mm-hmm. so encouraging him to say, or basically trying to encourage him by saying, you can't give to others unless you really kind of give to yourself in this case, I think yeah, really sure. finally yeah, hit home. Sure. And so, yeah, the, the, this, this gentleman, you know, he continues to do, you know, fairly well. Um, uh, recently, I had to kind of give him that talk again. You know, we're about a year, year and a half out since all of this actually went down. And um, he only needed one more or, you know, two more touch-up uh, uh, procedures to kind of keep himself going. And, um, you know, he had kind of slipped away from some of the, the optimization program, but realized uh, that, you know, with the kind of benefit that he was having before, that he needs to restart all of that again, or at least, uh, you know, continue it at a higher level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. So I bet now with like a bu- all your male patients coming in, you're like, let's take your blood panel. And, and, I've been, and I've been doing that, you know, and so being in pain management, we know that people end up and it's, it's kind of like a chicken or the egg story. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, yeah. A, there's a lot of people uh, that maybe have had some type of previous injury, some insult, you know, some of those, uh, you know, all that toxin exposure that I was, uh, you know, previously alluding to. Uh, you could already come in with a lot of these kind of like low T symptoms. Uh, and, uh, and that's why you end up with, you know, pain or chronic pain and some of these other, other things, not to just say it's because of that one thing. It's usually a, uh, it's several different things, but this could be one of the things that could be looked at and corrected. And, um, or you just being on the opiate medication. I mean, there's definitely literature to support that, uh, op- opioid medication itself, uh, can also, uh, be associated uh, or maybe even be causative in uh, promoting hypogonadism or basically low testosterone. So there's a lot of people in pain or chronic pain that uh, this, uh, this, uh, this diagnosis is worth, worthwhile looking at. So his heart attack was because of the low testosterone. Absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So there, you know, heart disease and, um, you know, blood pressure, dyslipidemia, a lot um, the obesity, you know, the, the, the visceral fat, the, you know, or the truncal obesity, all of that has to do with, uh, you know, not having a, a, proper, a proper balance of hormones. I don't want to just say it's just testosterone, but yes, a proper balance of hormones. Yeah. Wow. That's interesting. What happens if your, your testosterone is high? And, yeah, so if it's high, uh, it depends on, so everybody's genetics are a little bit different. You know, and every every you know every person is is a is a case in and of itself, right? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, how do you, in a sense, again, if you're looking at numbers, you know, you can you could potentially define high testosterone. Um, but you know, uh, people that uh, you know that are at super physiologic doses that may be doing uh, anabolic steroids and things like that, that can cause a lot of different issues. Okay. Uh, but even people that have, you know, high levels, the body will balance those kind of things out, right? If you naturally have, like, higher levels, your body will use that and convert it into uh, something else. So oh, okay. for males, there's a balance between testosterone and estrogen. So even males have estrogen. And so a certain amount of it will aromatize or convert over into estrogen. And there's three different types of estrogen. So, Well, interesting. 
Thank you so much for sharing those two cases. Uh, I think this is, like I said earlier in the podcast, I think this is a really unique case to have on here because, as you said, this uh, low testosterone is becoming more and more prevalent, and you're seeing it in a lot of patients. I've been seeing this for years, and that's why we have a... In fact, this was actually an impetus for me uh, so along with having my, my, my pain practice, which is known as Pain Specialist of Cincinnati, we started up the Laser and Regenerative Center, which was basically a non-insurance-based practice to basically do nutritional and hormonal optimization, potentially using peptides to augment or you know, treat other, you know, a very, you know, various conditions. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use different forms of like laser therapy. And then within that practice, we also use a lot of the different types of uh, procedures that are not covered by traditional insurance for, uh, for pain management, which are using like, you know, like prolotherapy, uh, platelet-rich plasma, which is like PRP, uh, stem cell-like treatments, uh, and so on. Do you work closely with an endocrinologist? So uh, I, I used to work closely with a couple different endocrinologists. Um, I've been doing a lot of this stuff now, and I've just done a lot of continuing medical education with functional medicine and, uh, and, and just hormone management. And so I have, a, I have a couple mentors, and I do have a couple endocrinologists that I do work with uh, in my area. Gotcha. Well, if someone wanted to reach out to you, is it okay if I, I put your email address in the description? Yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. Well, thank you so much for giving us your time today and coming back on the podcast. I really enjoyed uh, hearing your cases. Absolutely. My pleasure, Summer. Thank you so much. And thank you to your, your group and everybody that works with you. Thanks for all your good work. No problem. We'll have a great rest of your day and, and we'll be in touch. All right. Sounds good. Thank you guys for listening. If you're interested in being a guest on Crazy Cases, email the Doc Lounge at PacificCompanies.com or you can get more information on our website at PacificCompanies.com. Thank you. Have a great day.